You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Friday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. It's a meat Friday, but we have Mahi Mahi on the Traeger. And it does smell good. Come on in, stay a while. You can watch on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. You can listen on our 362 radio affiliates around the country, including that formidable Fox Sports Radio lineup. Yesterday was a good day for soccer fans, both England's Premier League and Italy's Soccer League. They announced that they'll be coming back in June, and if you're not a soccer fan but you're eager for American sports to return, it was also a good day. And I think when the Premiership comes back, it's going to be even bigger. Now, we have a foregone conclusion that Liverpool is going to win the championship. But I just think having live sports, the fact that I was watching the Bundesliga, I was listening to it on radio. The last two Saturdays, I'm listening to the Bundesliga. I might have been in German as well, (laughs) but I was desperate to have some live sports at uh, 9.30 in the morning. Every sport that comes back provides lessons, a game plan for other leagues to follow. You want to get the right people in the right place. You want to have complete safety. And you want to make a better television product, or at least as as well as you can. And maybe there's fake crowd noise in it. I wasn't bothered with it when I was listening to soccer. I, I, I was not bothered with fake crowd noise. I was fine with it. Hopefully the different leagues and different continents communicate with one another. In England and Italy, soccer is such a huge part of the culture in both of those countries. It's not a surprise that they prioritized those leagues to come back for a lot of us our sports fill the same role here in the united states we want them to come back hopefully we can appreciate them when they do come back and learn how to bring back sports in the best possible way we'll talk to rebecca lowe the great host of the premiership on nbcsn she'll join us coming up in about 15 minutes from now phone calls are welcome 877-3dp-show email address dp at danpatrick.com mclovin the poll question for the final hour is well the last hour has been what format do you want for the nba playoffs so you could have 16 playoff teams as is 20 teams uh, with a play-in tournament, World Cup-style 20 teams, or try to play more regular season games than do a regular uh, playoffs. Mm. 40% say go straight to the playoffs with 16 teams. I don't know if you'll have scrimmages. Just to be fair to the players, that I want the product to be representative of these teams and these players and the league. I don't want it to come back. I don't want somebody to get hurt. I want to make sure that they're ready to play. I don't know how you ensure that. And if you do have scrimmages, if you can have, you know different teams that you're not going to be facing in the uh, playoffs that you could scrimmage with them. That might be beneficial, but uh, I think we're going to find out a whole lot more by early next week with the NBA, with their plan. Uh, You know, having a conference call today from what I'm told and you know, they're starting to sort through this a little bit and you're getting a little bit more of a clearer picture of what they're going to try to do here coming up in Orlando. I still thought Vegas and Orlando made the most sense. Because if I'm going to have the Western Conference teams there, Eastern Conference teams in Orlando, I just want to cut down on the number of risks that are going to be in play here. I don't need to have all these teams. If we have 16 teams, eight in each, West and East, I'm fine with that. If you want to try to shoehorn New Orleans and Zion Williamson in there, all right, fine. I just don't need to bring in three extra teams if we don't really need that. But uh, you know, that's for the commissioner and the owners to try to sort through here. All right, uh, so that's the poll question, McLovin, we're going to go with. 
Yeah, unless you want to head a different direction. No, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Final hour here. I was talking about uh, one of the former Mets farmhands who played with Tim Tebow in uh, single-A ball, I believe. He had some things to say. He was cut by the Mets. You know, a lot of these minor leaguers are being cut. And, uh, you know, they're trying to wipe out some of these minor league franchises here. But one of the players called out the Mets for basically keeping a celebrity on the roster. And without saying Tim Tebow, he was saying Tim Tebow. Paulie brought up the numbers of whose stats would you want? Let's say I have two players, age 31, and this, these are the numbers. 202 batting average, three homers, 30 steals, on-base percentage of 289, a 163 batting average, four homers, two steals, on-base percentage of 240. Well, it seems like a foregone conclusion that the player you would want would be the first one, and that would be Michael Jordan at the age of 31. The other one is Tim Tebow at the age of 31. Sets. All I really want is sets. In the morning, tired of sets. Cause the evenings are for girls. So who's with you? Stats, stats, stats. I'll get back cool stats. Stats, stats. Feels like it's been a while. I know. I haven't heard that in a while. Dusted that off. I like that. I like that. That's great. Uh, a couple of phone calls in here. By the way, we're looking at uh, strength of schedule. Based on the original schedule, these would be the toughest remaining schedules of uh, the playoff teams. The Wizards, Bulls. Well, the Bulls aren't a playoff team. Grizzlies. Scratch pit, that. Just pist- scratch that then. Yeah, Pistons aren't. Nuggets are. And uh, the Mavericks. All right. I guess, John is John Wall going to be able to come back for the Wizards in the postseason, McLevin? Is that a thing? I don't. I don't know. For some reason, I I thought that I heard that yesterday. I read that where John Wall is he ready to come back now? Because it's been a long time since John Wall got injured. Yeah, McLovin. Is he going to be synonymous with bad contracts like the John Concac or Bobby Bonilla? Like, will we talk more about how much he got paid or how good he was as a player at his peak? Well, I think he's still a very good player. He's not my kind of player. But I do not with him and Beal, there was a moment where they were a fascinating backcourt to watch because Wall was as fast as anybody in the sport. And you had Beal, who was a great outside shooter. These guys are all making this kind of money. You know, I, John Wall's not an outlier here, but he's going to be making forty two million dollars a year soon. And that's just the start of it. Like, John Wall at some point is going to make close to $50 million. <laughs> God. Two years from now, John Wall is slated to make $47 million. <laughs> you know, God love you. You know, if you can make that kind of money, I don't begrudge you. Take the money. But uh, the criticism goes along with that. But there are going to be a lot of guys where you go, are you kidding me? You're going to make that kind of money? Who's the first $50 million a year player in the NBA? Yeah, McLevin. So John Wall says he's 110%, but he's not going to return this season, oh, okay. according to the team. Okay, That's what they said, but these things have been changing. Uh, but 110%, he's too healthy, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I just said. 
too well. You don't want 110%. That's how cars burn out. This is a confusing story. I'm 110%, but I'm still working on rehab and can't come back. <laughs> See, it was always a bad thing when I gave 110%, which was rare. I always got hurt when I gave 110%. If I, if I gave like 60%, I was good. But that 110%, damn, it caught up to me every time. Coach is like, oh, man, you're giving 110%. Oh, I better slow down a little bit. Yeah, Paul. It's, it's also tough for an athlete because if a coach says, hey, I want you to give 100% to the team, but don't try to do too much. How Those don't work together. If you're giving 100%, 110%, you're doing too much. Yeah. John Wall. Is any, I guess Giannis would be the first $50 million a year guy. I, but I don't know whose contract is up. But if John Wall is, man, man. Going to be making $47 million. You got Giannis's deal there, Paul? Yeah, this year, this upcoming season, Giannis is slated to make 27.5. And then he's a complete free agent. Oh, my God. Yikes. Who makes the most money in the NBA? I'm going to guess John Wall, maybe, <laughs> but let's see. If your favorite team could sign Mahomes or Giannis, two different sports, is it a coin flip? Because they're both sure things. Well, Mahomes has won a Super Bowl. He's won a title. Um, so I'm getting them for the same price? Pretty much, because Giannis it will be making, a year and a half from now, he'll be making $45 million a year as his starting salary, probably. Hmm. I'm going to get Mahomes for a lesser rate. Now, granted, less games. I think in a year and a half, they'll each be the highest paid players in the history of their sports. I think that's a fair estimate. Well, I'm not sure about the Greek Freaks supporting cast. I am sure about Mahomes' supporting cast. And if you said I'm going to... I'd rather have Mahomes with his team than I would the Greek freak with his team. Now, you're saying I can get him on my team. Well, that's a little bit different. Yeah, you basically the team you like, you add one of those players. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd add the Greek freak to the Lakers or the Clippers, and then, then it's over. But I'd just say, all right, put him on the Lakers here. Yeah, I'm clubbing. So I have uh, Steph Curry, number one, at $40 million, then basically a three-way tie with John Wall, Chris Paul, and Russell Westbrook at about $38 million. And Harden's at $38 million too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that TV deal, it certainly came in handy. LeBron's a bargain, 37.4. I don't know why why he's there. I guess Supermax moved up. Yeah, see. Sources tell me LeBron's really insulted. <laughs> he wants out. Yeah. <laughs> He, he wants, wants the respect. Celebrity journalist Flo Anthony, who claims to have spoken to a source with knowledge from someone close to Wood, says Tiger is struggling. Claims to have spoken to. They can't even verify that she actually spoke to the source it, it, of the person it, with knowledge from someone close to Woods. Play that again from uh, Mary Hart on Entertainment Tonight and listen to the number. Like How many separations from the main person? Yeah, if you're, if you're connecting the dots, there are quite a few dots here to connect. Celebrity journalist Flo Anthony, who claims to have spoken to a source with knowledge from someone close to Wood, says Tiger is struggling. <laughs> oh. Claims to have spoken to a source. source. We're not even sure that she really did. But she says she, she claims. Did. She says she did. Yeah. yeah. Don't you quote her correctly by saying she she spoke to a source? Well, they don't know that she really spoke to the source. I know, but Flo- They're saying she thinks that she's saying she spoke to the source. 
But I think Flo Anthony works for works for An- Entertainment Tonight. Correct. Yeah. So Flo Anthony claims. Right. She claims that she spoke to. Her. We can't verify that she actually did, but she claims to have spoken to a source. That's a hardcore vetting process. That tiger is struggling. That tiger. All of that just to find out that tiger is struggling. Really? You think? Oh. Uh, all right. Yeah, Paul. The Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers, he's due to make 31-6 this year, but in the 2023-24 season, he'll make $50,750,000. When does it come crashing down here? Are these sustainable? What happens when LeBron's gone from the game? Is there enough star power there? When Gretzky left the NHL, things changed. Because of Gretzky, you had hockey... In the South, you had expansion. When LeBron goes, let's say in five years, what's the NBA look like? Now, you're going to have Zion in there. You have the Greek freak. But who is, who are that those must-see stars that you'll tune in and watch? Because that's what the NBA is built on. you got to have those stars there. You're not watching John Wall. Damian Lillard's a wonderful player. I don't know if he's must-see TV to people. James Harden is still going to be fascinating. Greek Freak will still be in there. Steph Curry will be out of the league probably in five years. Zion will be must-see TV. Uh, you get uh, LaMelo Ball coming into the NBA. Might be the first overall pick. I don't know if he's going to be must-see TV. James Wiseman, who was at Memphis for a cup of coffee, not must-see TV. Uh, Edwards out of Georgia, probably not must-see TV. Yeah, McLove. Did you say Trey Young? I know you're a Trey Young guy. Trey Young would be, and Luca. Yeah, oh, but, Luca's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Luca's must see TV, and so is Trey Young. But right? you're saying they're not singular like LeBron or no. Jordan. No, hey, I'm just curious about that. When the next TV deal, what's that going to look like? Because that's when you started guys getting money where they probably had to go. You got to be kidding me! They're going to pay me that amount. Are you kidding me? Sign it quickly. Yeah, I'm close. Didn't the ratings sort of go down because LeBron went to the West Coast time frame? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, a couple of phone calls here. George in Atlanta. Or no, Arizona. Hey, George. Welcome to the program. Hey, Dan. How are you today? Great, George. Boy, I'll tell you, you've taken almost every subject that I had and, and you answer everything. It's just marvelous. Really, really, really well done. I'm left with only one thing, and it's for McLovin. (laughs) All right? Yep. Three nights in a row, I watched Grant. I loved it. I thought it was fabulous. What does McLovin think? All right. Well, thank you, George. Uh, Is this Ulysses S. Grant? Oh, I thought he was talking about the Hugh Grant documentary. (laughs) Because I watched watched this rom-com where he owns a bookstore in Notting Hill. I can't remember what it's called, but Julia Roberts comes in. Yeah, yeah. I think it's called Notting Notting Hill. Notting Hill. Oh, yeah. No, he's isn't there a Grant doc out? By the way, I he, I haven't seen it, but I appreciate that he thinks I would. But didn't Ulysses S. Grant? His middle initial is not S. What? Wow. I don't think so. Celebrity journalist Flo Anthony. Who- I claim that I I don't think Ulysses S. Grant middle initial is actually. S. Yeah, Paul. Dan, you'd be correct. Hiram Ulysses Grant, the first. Yep. 
I'm gonna. That's. I'm gonna leave. That's we'll, a walk off. Yeah, walk off. Yeah, it's a walk. Well, no, no. We got. We got the Traeger fired up there. Stand by. I'm gonna look and see if I can find out why. Yeah, Ulysses S. Guy. I think it was a typo. I think that's a big one. Big typo. That's a big typo. Yeah. yeah. You th- you wouldn't correct that before you got the the biggest office in the land. Like, hey, I, I'm gonna give my real name. No, I think he likes it. Ulysses S, like U.S., us? Uh, I mean, come on, red, white, and blue? Political reasons. Yes. Oh, U.S. Yes. Hello? I think there was a typo there somewhere. Sources sources (laughs) close to me tell me. What the heck? Uh, We have have to watch the miniseries now on History Channel. All right. We'll take a break here. Rebecca Lowe will join us coming up. We'll talk about the premiership coming back. Hello, chaps. Paulie has... Does not have cologne on today. Only because it's a Zoom call. If she was here in person, would you have cologne on today? All American men would. Of course you would. 18 after the hour. We'll head to the pitch. That's after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. I dropped the bombshell about uh, 10 minutes ago. I said Ulysses S. Grant, that uh, his middle initial was not S., I thought it was a typo, but uh, Paulie, do you have an update on Ulysses S. Grant? Yeah, according to multiple sources, his real birth name is Hiram Ulysses Grant, but he went by Ulysses as a child and growing up and in high school. When he applied to West Point on his application, a, a local politician wrote him a letter of recommendation, and he erroneously put, um, I recommend Ulysses S. Grant, S. was his mother's maiden name, and somehow Simpson got onto the application. He never noticed it. He got into West Point. He was all happy about it, and he never really noticed it, Ulysses Grant. Hmm. And when he graduated from West Point, it was on his graduation paperwork and his thing, and he tried to have it fixed, but he's like, this is more trouble than it's worth, and he just went by Ulysses S. Grant from then on, even though there is no S whatsoever in his name. And then there's a documentary or a series on Ulysses S. Grant? It's called Where Did the S Come From? It's fantastic. <laughs> what the S are you doing? Yeah. History Channel, yeah. Uh, Rebecca Lowe, NBC Sports Premier League host, and uh, the Premier League is coming back on NBC Sports Wednesday, June 17th. She also hosts the uh, new Breakfast with Bex digital series. It's always great to see and hear from Rebecca Lowe. Did we acquire you? Are you a U.S. citizen? <laughs> Damn it. We... we... How I'm not, considering the amount of times you tried to get me to become one over the course of the last seven years, I know I'm still not, but we are edging closer by the month to the day when I'm free to apply. So just hold your horses. Okay, all right. Now, can I help speed it up? Because I know people. I got David Faraday. I, you know, that was a great acquisition by the United States. But we got David Faraday. Whatever you can do to acquire me, Dan, I'm yours. All right. I've heard that before. Uh, How is Teddy your son? Teddy is great. Would you believe Danny turned four years old during lockdown, which um, is crazy because I was just talking to you in the in the wardrobe room that sounds weird but you know what I mean like, I was like yesterday with him in my belly so he's good he's um he's back at school his school's open so um that's great for him because we had him out for like eight weeks and obviously it's tough when you're little because they all they all they care about is playgrounds and they're full of yellow tape or they were full of yellow tape. and he just that's all he cared about when is the yellow tape coming down when can I go back to school see my friends because their little mental health is just as important as your and I mental health so he is doing really well much better now he's back with his little pals I saw that you were hosting breakfast with Bex 
uh, and I, I have to admit, I thought it was with David Beckham. And I, I tuned in and I went, where's, where's Bex? And then I go, oh, no, it's Rebecca Lowe. So I love seeing you. I'm not disappointed. I just, I, it was a little bit of an adjustment there. Dan, I'm disappointed, but to be quite honest, when you've got the same name as one of the most famous footballers in the world, I just use it. I've just got to use it to get those followers. I've got to get those viewers. And let's not get too excited about Breakfast with Bex. I feel like we're making this slightly bigger than it is. Um, it's really just very, very lowbrow broadcasting. So let's just calm down about Breakfast with Bex. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, the fact that the Premier League is coming back, it's a foregone conclusion that Liverpool is winning. Is the Premier League coming back for Liverpool? <laughs> That's a great question. And that is a question that no one's asked me, which is, an, which is amazing. Um, no, it's not just going back for Liverpool because actually that's about the most, the only foregone conclusion that there is um, in that they're six points away, two victories at the most away from winning it for the first time in 30 years. So no, because that's going to happen. Um, it's coming back for a myriad of reasons. Um, first and foremost, to try and save not just the Premier League clubs, Dan, but as you know, because you know football so well, underneath the Premier League, there are four uh, professional leagues. And then underneath them, there are about five semi-pro leagues, right? And it's a pyramid. And with without the top of the, well, without the bottom of the period, there is no top of the pyramid. So everyone needs to help each other. And the clubs below the Premier League are really struggling, really, really struggling. And they need money from the Premier League and it all filters down. So the Premier League has to come back to try and help football stay alive in the UK and football to us is like the NBA, MLB and NFL, NHL and MLS all mixed in together in the US. That's how big it is. So it's a huge announcement and it'll have a huge impact on the country. As I know, it, it sounds very <sighs> trivial to say, oh, it'll lift the nation, but it really will lift a huge huge portion of the nation being able to watch football on television again and boy will they be able to because all 92 games for the first time ever every single game is going to be available to them what about crowd noise i've i've mentioned a couple times on this show that i've actually listened to a little bit of the bundesliga on radio and the crowd noise helped the product i i wasn't offended where i go it's fake noise but what do you think is going to happen what is nbc going to do with the premier league well, first of all, amazing pronunciation of Bundesliga. I mean, I, for somebody who is just a growing soccer fan, I yep. just love that pronunciation. So and it's Leicester all, City. It's not Leicester City. It's uh, Leicester City. Your team, isn't it? Isn't that, oh, no, that was Man City. Anyway, I digress. Um, we are in conversation, but I think you're right. I actually have watched some of the games from the Bundesliga, and with that pumped-in sound effects, I've enjoyed it much more because, Dan, it's kind of the familiar noise in your ear. So whether you're making your breakfast or you're playing with the kids, but you put it on in the background, just having that noise, you don't have to watch every second of the game, but just knowing it's there is the familiarity that we're all craving. Just we're all craving familiarity. We're all craving our old life. So that for me sort of fills that hole. I know it's artificial, but it didn't bother me like it didn't bother you. So um, I think that that could be certainly on the table. Um, watching football with nothing at all is jarring. Um, we would get used to it, and that's okay, and, and people will get used to that as well. It's quite interesting hearing the players talk. But hopefully, we haven't finalised our plans yet, Dan, because, of course, we're in partnership with Sky Sports, so we are sort of having constant meetings about it, and I'm not yet privy to those. But um, I would have thought, I hope, there'll be maybe some sort of option. What has happened to Manchester United the last five years? <laughs> you just love pinging out those big questions. Um 
they didn't plan. So they didn't, it's the last seven years, but they didn't plan. So when Sir Alex Ferguson retired, they didn't plan for properly for a successor who could do what he did. And maybe the squad he left wasn't quite as strong as he made it look through his own immense unprecedented talents. Therefore, anyone coming in is going to struggle as Louis van Gaal did, as David Moyes did before him, as Jose Mourinho did. Um, as a business, it's spent a lot of money that hasn't worked out. So there's a lot of um, disconnect between the fans, the board, the football side of things. But it is a it is a humongous cruise ship and it is just beginning to turn around. It is just, I feel before lockdown, whether you're a fan of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the manager or not, I personally not sure he's the future, but for right now to start the cruise ship's turn, he's okay at the wheel for now. She's Rebecca Lowe, NBC Sports Premier League host. And uh, of course, hosting the popular digital series, Breakfast with Bex. Stop on the breakfast with Bex, okay? <laughs> the biggest celebrity in the premiership is who? Um, wow, probably uh, probably Pep Guardiola. Also, oh, it's a it's a coach or a manager at uh, Manchester City. I I mean, I would say in terms of in terms of kind of status, yes, I would probably say Pep Guardiola is the is the absolute. Hollywood glamour superstar. I mean, there's tons of superstars, but if you're talking the elite, 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 in terms, of, I would say Pep Guardiola. But you know, you've you've got Kevin De Bruyne, you've got Sergio Aguero. They're all massive, massive names. Dan. I mean, virtually, I would say seventy percent of the Premier League are massive names. But Pep Guardiola has done it and done it over and over again, and he's done it in a way that no one's ever done it before in the style of football that he produced for his team. So. Right now, for me, I mean, it's faded a little bit with the emergence of Jurgen Klopp, who I spoke to this morning, actually, who's magic. Um, so at the moment, <laughs> there's the two managers, I would say, Klopp and Guardiola, yeah. You know my favorite player? Who? Harry Kane! People <laughs> 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 still talk to me about that interview when I was sitting there and you, <laughs> you were laughing about you. I oh, love I God. love Didier Drogba, but I'm, I'm more of a, I, you know, now it's Harry Kane. Because they never say Kane. His name is always Harry Kane. When, whenever he scores, Harry Kane! <laughs> we had this conversation, though, because it has more punch, doesn't it? You can say Aguero, and just by itself is beautiful. But Kane, it just kind of like, mm, you've got to go Harry Kane. And he's just, and because we've talked about this before, he's a prince. He's but prince also, Harry. it's like Tom Brady. It's right. Harry Kane, Tom Brady. And they're really good friends. Did you know that? They are? They're really friends because Harry's a huge um, New England Patriots fan. And I think that's who Tom Brady plays for. Not anymore. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. I knew that. I knew that. But they, anyway, they're super BFF. So, yeah. And Harry's a legend and he's England captain. Everyone loves him. So Okay. I, I watched the uh, documentary series on Sunderland Till I Die. Oh, how good is that, Dan? I thought it was brilliantly done. Spectacular. Yeah. Just just the passion in that city and what that, that football team means to that city. You know, we talk about life and death. You know, we, we, we throw that around here in the United States. It felt like it's life and death for those fans and the importance. And then they kept getting relegated. And you could yeah. just see that it changed their lives. It, it was changing the city right before your very eyes. And Dan, out of interest, is that a tall compar comparative to anything in the U.S., I mean, were you surprised with how much that club runs through that city? 
I don't think so. Unless I looked at maybe the Philadelphia Eagles with their fan base and what that team means to them. And I'm sure I'm Dallas, but Dallas, you know, it's a little bit different. I mean, Sunderland is this what shipping city and you know, they're there. It's not a wealthy city at all. They're really reliant on, you know, the economy there and their football team. Um, but I, I, I just I came away going, I, and I hate saying it, but I, I did say it. You don't have to be a, a soccer fan to love it because it's really just about personalities, relationships, and uh, you know the hopes and dreams that you have as a sports fan. I think hope. I think hope is the word. I mean, we all at the beginning of every season, as a football fan or as a sports fan, you just live in hope, don't you? It's all about maybe this year will be my year. Maybe this year will be okay. Maybe we won't be rubbish this year. And Sunderland, as you say, kept falling down the divisions and they were taken over by different people and who had their best interests in. And all the way through it, the common denominator is the fans. The same people, the taxi driver guy, the guy oh, at home yeah. drive, the same people going to the games, no matter who's in charge and no matter who's playing. And like you say, it affects their lives. And that actually, that documentary gives you an insight as to why it's so important that we get football back in the UK because those people, and there are millions of them like those Sunderland fans, they're lost, Dan. They're lost by what's happening anyway. And they're lost by having the huge part of their life taken away from them. So. Of course, it's a terrible time and we would never forget that and we must never forget that and that will remain the constant theme now for a long time. But there's nothing wrong with being happy and joyful that something that means a huge amount to you is coming back into your life. That's, I think that's okay. It's a tough balance and we're going to have to strike it when I go back on air in a couple of weeks of striking that balance between poignancy and sadness and what's going on in the world and joy and excitement for something separate from that. And once again, people make this mistake. West Ham, their their nickname is not the Wankers. It's right. So, it's, oh my God, I, Dan. Paulie always brings this up. He said, "You got to ask Rebecca." That was their old nickname, Dan. The, the Wankers, and I, I said, "Stop! You've got to every right. I'm not going to come on your show if you continue to use that word. I've told you about that word. It's not even on television in England until after ten thirty at night, and even then, you won't even find it. It's horrendously rude, and it's just, I just stop already." Paulie, will you stop with that? My bad, Paulie. Stop saying wanker. All right. Oh no! I had to remind him what he was saying, and he shouldn't be saying it. And I'm <laughs> sick of that, Paulie. I bet. Everything, I bet. Everything's a joke when it comes to the Premier League. It's a Liverpool. I'm all messed up. Yeah, head. Paulie's Liverpool squad is going to uh, going to win. Is there any chance that Liverpool doesn't win? <laughs> no. Okay. I, would be, I mean, if it did, it would be literally the most incredible story of all time. <laughs> Never made a documentary out of that. Uh, it's great to see you, and uh, I hope Teddy's behaving, and we look forward to the Premier League returning to NBC Sports on Wednesday, June 17th. And, of course, the popular digital series Sweeping the Nation, Sweeping the World, Breakfast <laughs> with Bex. It's David Beckham and Rebecca Lowe drinking Bex beer. It's a whole lot of fun. There you go. There you go. And you say the Premier League the same way as you've been saying it for the last seven years. And that, Dan, the way you say that gives me great joy. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca. Goodbye. That's Rebecca Lowe, NBC Sports Premier League. Yeah, Paulie, you keep doing that. You keep throwing that word out there. And I keep telling you, you can't use that. I got to stop saying that. Yeah, because that's just not fair to uh, Rebecca Lowe. Hope you're happy. It's a uh, meat Friday with Mahi Mahi on the trigger. So we'll uh, meat of the sea, as we're saying. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. The chicken of the sea is tuna. Right.
Fish is meat of the sea. That's how we shoehorn Meat Friday. Why did we need to say chicken of the sea? Do you know how that started? Could you look that up? Of We, all, did, we needed to dress it up like when we were kids. Oh, I'm not going to eat that. It's the chicken of the sea. It was already a deep dive into Ulysses S. Grant and his fake middle name. I don't know if we can handle chicken of the sea. In the final hour altogether? I... And Paulie using the W word? Yeah. Chicken of the sea. But didn't uh, Jessica Simpson think it was actually chicken? Yes. I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then she thought they were, I think she thought they were buffalo wings. Like they were actually buffalo wings, I think. We'll take a break here. Last call for phone calls. Uh, what's in store for Monday? What we learned? All of that right after this of the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Close up the show. Send this out to uh, the family of Chris Dufresne. Long time College football writer, passed away this past week. Chris Dufresne covered college football uh, for the L.A. Times and a frequent guest on the show, uh, passing away suddenly this past week. So uh, thoughts, prayers, sympathies go out to uh, his wife and their three sons. All right, we'll close up shop here. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store for Monday. I saw where John Harbaugh says Lamar Jackson will hit more deep passes next season. He won the MVP by running 176 times. He threw just over 400 passes. 25 quarterbacks threw more passes than Lamar Jackson did last season. Now, the play action and that running ability that he has is going to keep the defense honest, and play action is going to make them pay. They, they drafted Dobbins out of Ohio State, so now you have two running backs there, and, of course, you have the threat of Lamar Jackson running. But uh, John Harbaugh says the ability to make them pay for tilting their defense towards stopping our run game with a really, really efficient passing game. I do believe that's the next step of this offense. I really do believe Lamar is going to take the next step. This is something that Dak Prescott had to do. And when Kellen Moore came in, I was told you'll see more passes down the field. Now, they were a run first team because you had Ezekiel Elliott. He had a couple of great years. You have a great offensive line. And then it became, if the team is going to get better, Dak Prescott has to improve by throwing the ball down the field. That'll be the same with Lamar Jackson. You get those defenses starting to creep up a little bit, then all of a sudden you got a couple of good tight ends, you got a couple of good dangerous wideouts here, and now Lamar Jackson can make this offense something different than anything we've ever seen before. Yeah, McLevin. you got to uh, cut the top off the muffin, right? Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Is that a real expression? Or uh, I'm going to guess with the NFL uh, personnel people, the scouts, they love to have something. They like to have their own language. And then when you go, wait, what, what's that? Cut, cut the muffin off. A gap responsibility and all those things where you're going, hey, he play, plays well in space. Wouldn't a five technique, by definition, be better than a three technique? I don't. Guy? I have no idea. I think it's you know, hand in the dirt. You know, when he gets when he puts his hand in the dirt there. Uh, let me see. Uh, Rob in Ohio joins us. Rob, what's on your mind today? Hey Dan, thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, hey, I just got my shirt, my Fritzy Let's Get Ready to Ramble shirt in the mail, and I'm looking right at it. And 
it's kind of bittersweet because you know Fritzy's trying to avoid you know going back out one last time. And uh, well, I, I provide some incentive because I wrote his opening line joke for him. If you'd like to hear it, yeah, sure. Here's Robin Ohio with uh, Fritzy's new opening line joke. Well, I got some context from your show actually, and I thought I'd go something like this. I go, hey, I. You know, I'm out of doing from the start. You know, uh, I'm playing uphill battle here. You know, and the, the industry just just doesn't like good looking people. Uh, the the sound quality wasn't very good there, Rob. Which just like the joke, maybe wasn't. <laughs> uh, Brian in Texas joining us on the program. Hi, Brian. Hey, bud. Yep. Hey, um, just a quick comment uh, or question, and then a comment. Um, but before I get to that, I wanted to speak on behalf of BP Nation and say we really appreciate all that you guys do for us every day. And the archive at the break is really cool as well. Um, my quick question is, when is Fritzy going to make his way back to the man cave? And then my comment is, when you were talking to your wife about getting the Jeep Grand Cherokee over the minivan, well, I had it in reverse. My wife had the Jeep Grand Cherokee, and then we wound up getting mm. tight, uh, Chrysler Town & Country. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. If you're uh, a parent and you've had you have two kids or more, then you know that that minivan conversation is coming up. Fritzy is going to come in when he feels comfortable. I left that up to the Danettes when Seton and McLovin were comfortable coming back in. Paulie has been here from uh, day one, but Fritzy hopefully will be uh, here soon, maybe next week. But I leave it up to uh, the individuals here, even the guys in the back as well. There were a couple of them that said, can I work from home? And I said, absolutely. Um we wanted Mario at home, I think. I didn't ask him for him to come back. He showed up, and I went, what are you doing? He goes, wait, you don't want me back? And I go, no, I welcome, I welcome you back. Although Chat Row doesn't want you back. I want you back, Mario. Jesse in Los Angeles. Hey, Jess, what do you have for me today? Hey, DP. Hey, Ben. Uh, great show today. 5'10 and a Mickelson-esque tasty little morsel, 173. Mm. Uh, question and comment, if that's okay. Uh, the question uh, relates back to Matt LaFleur interview clip from the first hour. It pretty much sums up the Packers draft. I think a more fitting music choice would probably have been the Fritzy Mock Headlines music on full blast. And um, mm. do you think that they had it doctored to us Packers fans, you know, to distract us from how bad the draft actually was? Well, I just don't understand. You get an H back and then you get a, a full back. Those don't sound like priorities unless you're changing your priorities. And you can't tell me Jordan Love fell in your lap when you traded up to get him. If you want to say, and look, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Packer fan per se, but if I'm a Packer fan and I hear my coach or GM say, look, we really liked Jordan Love and we knew that another team was going to go up and get him. And we think that much of him. We didn't like to move up, but we felt like we needed to move up to keep him from going to the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, at least you're, I think you're being honest with people. Instead of saying, hey, look, he fell on our lap. He was the highest guy on our board. Okay. And then you say you want more explosive plays this upcoming season. You weren't an explosive offense at all. But you didn't help your offense from the, from the point of getting explosive players. You got an H-back, a backup quarterback, and a fullback. The thing that, or things that you needed, maybe a wideout, 
a CD lamb if you were trading up to get somebody. Now, I love CD lamb, so I'm, I'm preferential to him. But if you're going to put yourself in, in a position where you mirror the 49ers, then why didn't you get somebody to help you stop the run? Because that's what San Francisco did and dominated you both times you played. I don't know if you made yourself any better to compete against the Niners. If, if that's who you're viewing as your chief competition here, I don't know if you made yourself any better. And I paid all this money to Aaron Rodgers, you know, and now all of a sudden, now he's on the clock of how long is he going to be there? And I don't think he retires as a Green Bay Packer. I just didn't understand the contract extension. Then you're going to change your offense. Then you're going to draft the guy who's going to succeed him. I just didn't understand that. Aaron Rodgers fell into the Packers' lap, truly fell into their lap at the end of the first round. And they took him. And I understood it at the time. Fritzy, what did you learn today? Uh, Rebecca Lowe would actually stop using the word wanker while she's a guest on the program. You didn't have to use it. I didn't. Snuck that in there. McLovin? Harry Kane and Tom Brady are good buddies. Harry Kane. Seton O'Connor. Tom's uh, Escalade might be a little overpriced. I think so. Uh, Polly? Chicken of the Sea started in 1932 as a, a way to market uh, tuna to people. Why wasn't just tuna good enough? Chicken of the Sea? It worked. They said it's one of the most powerful brand campaigns of all time. What did I learn today, Todd? In the last 104 NFL situations, the onside kicking team has won zero times. Legal Zoom makes it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today with the right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. Need to make it legal? Make it LegalZoom.com. Have a safe weekend, everybody. Talk to you Monday here on the Dan Patrick Show.